I watch film, but I'd be honest, I mean, when I first started watching film, I was just watching the game. Hello everybody, welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host, at NFL on Twitter, and of course, follow the group, at UK Packers. And as usual, of me old buddy, me old pal, at Ryan Peacock NFL in the studio. Ryan, say hello. Hello. Hi. Um, so last night was fun sitting up all night. Yeah, till 5am. I don't know, I feel like I'm going to have to try cover you for the next maybe five minutes, because what people can't see behind the scenes here in UK Packers HQ is, do you ever see those squirrels, you know, the ones where they, you know, they, they get out of hibernation and they just fill their face full of the nuts that they buried or whatever they do? That's what I'm seeing across from me right now as Ryan Peacock fills his face with a, what, what are you eating? What is it, a kebab? Well, for starters, I'm not burying any nuts. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's yes, a weekend okay. activity. I have, I have, there's a lot of salad in front of me. What? That, that should from be a chipper. first. From a chipper. No, no, there's a lot of salad. I have onions, lettuce, red lettuce, onions, chilies, tomatoes, all on top of um, doner meat and uh, chicken shish in a massive kebab and some chips. But there's a lot of salad there, so you know, balanced it, balanced meal, wasn't it? Right. And let me see. You're 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 like the Irish one of the podcast. You've always got a beer in front of you. What are you drinking? What are you having now? It's not a Coors Light again, is it? The lady drink? No, no, I'm on the Budweiser today. Is it a Bud Light though? It's not a Bud Light. No, it's Bud Light's like disgusting. That. Jesus, a donor kebab or whatever it is, and a shish, whatever you're eating, and then it'll uh, and it'll full fat beer, buddy. You need to watch that. Like. I know, I know, but you know, I'm, I'm trying to work up that weight because I feel like we need some help on the defensive line, and I'm, I'm going to fill out that form and get my application in. Nice segue. Look, this is how we do. This is how we do in UK Packers. We're quite chipper, and we're quite chipper um, <laughs> on the on the Twitter account yesterday. Someone said to us at the very end, yeah, we lost, and I'm really miserable, but at least you guys have a good sense of humor. So, you know, we're kind of giving you something. <laughs> There's really not a lot of choice right now, is there? Because it's no. either cry, cry or laugh about it. I, honest to God, burst out laughing at the end of the game yesterday. I was watching it with the brother-in-law, Paul. He's a die diehard Redskins fan. Knows everything there is to know about the Redskins, and even he didn't talk trash. He was sitting there, and even he was reserved and gone, dude. You know, it's it's one of those things. It's a Blair Walsh effect, basically. <laughs> you know where you see him, and he's so tragic, and you're thinking, I want to talk trash, but uh, I don't because that's just so bad. And it's funny you should mention oh. Blair Walsh because I saw this. Uh, I think somebody tweeted it or something that everybody came out in appreciation. Uh, or in tribute to Blair Walsh being cut this weekend by all missing their extra points. <laughs> Did you all get together? Jesus. It was one hell of a weekend for missed extra points. Yeah, it was some weekend for broken records. But let's dive right in. Uh, I don't think any Packer fan out there is going to want us to wax lyrical about how good this situation is. The situation is god-awful. We're on a four-game losing streak. Uh, it's the first time that's happened since 2008. Uh, we're six games uh, in the L column. Mike McCarthy even came out and said his ass is against the wall. Uh, thanks for that, Mike. Your visions of strange, your booty. strange comment to make. Yep, um, it's well that was mixed in with needle and haystack stuff. That's mixed in with his usual uh, cliched stuff. Uh, so we allowed 515 yards to the Washington Redskins. Um, we've given up 153 points in the last four games, which is the last time that we've done that. I hear since 1953, and then other people are saying since 1950. Basically, it's so long ago, anybody who was back then is probably dead. So Pierre Garçon <laughs> and Jemison Crowder had 100 plus yards on us. Kirk Cousins had 375 yards and three touchdowns, and the dude cannot throw deep. So Paul, uh, my bro-in-law, last night was telling me, wait till you see his long ball, it's absolutely tragic. It's a wobbly mess, and that could have been down to the wind 
could have been down to the fact that he can't throw the ball long but it didn't really matter either way because he still completed all of his passes long downfield so we've Rob Kelly who they actually call Fat Rob who's the running back for the Washington Redskins um, and we had Eddie Lacy who was fat and it was a massive media storm we have a guy uh, called Rob Kelly plays for the Redskins and his nickname and his name of endearment is Fat Rob so he also that's a great name it's a great name I mean, that's why I'm eating a kebab I want to be Fat Ryan <laughs> well I'll tell you what if, it if... was interesting though so it's interesting though that you mentioned the wind there because mm-hmm. I thought fr- from the outset the commentators kept going on about the wind they kept showing the flags on top of the stands yeah. and you know I've even seen in in the post post game comments about Mick McCarthy Aaron Rodgers people are saying I always say Mick McCarthy that's your old Irish manager isn't it? I was going to stop you there My... but Mike McCarthy, I always call him <laughs> Mick McCarthy. Annoys me, man. Anyway, oh, I'm leader of the Packers. Huh? Yeah, we might we might be better off at this point with Mick McCarthy. I don't know. But they all kept going on about the win. But Kirk Cousins and the Redskins seemed to deal with it far better, certainly in the early exchanges, than we did. Yeah. Now, at the start, we were certainly slow to get going. Um, as we got into the game, we I felt we really found our rhythm on offense and mm. actually didn't think we did that badly. Yeah. But I don't think the wind was as big a factor as everybody wanted to believe it was. No, and a, a strange thing that was mentioned last night was is that some the wind probably aided some of those long passes for Kirk Cousins. He's renowned for overthrowing his wide receivers. And when he was bombing that down the field, you can see the ball dip at the end as if it's been pushed into the hands um, by the wind. So, I mean, look, if they had God on their side, I mean, look, if they're talking out with God and, and holy Jeebus, we can't really compete with that, can we? <laughs> I'll tell you what aided his long passes, letting, letting his receivers run straight up the field and not getting anywhere near him. Yeah. That's what aided his long passes. Yeah, it was, there's so many stats to talk about and so much tragic stuff. People again want us to talk about sacking all the coaches, which we will get onto. Um, but yeah, so uh, Fat Rob, 137 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, it was his first 100-yard game uh, of his career his professional career the last time fat rob uh, had 100 plus yards was when he was in high school and which was weird because he was actually playing against a defense that were probably the same standard as a high school defense so that all makes sense ryan it all makes sense <laughs> does it not I'm when, was the last, when was the last time you ran 100 yards was that back at high school as well uh, well, I tell you, the last time I ran 100 yards was, I think it was the first UK Packers meetup. Do you remember that? <laughs> and I broke through everybody. I was delighted with myself. But then I hit this sandy patch in the middle of the field. Do you remember? And my legs just went from under You just me. lost your feet. I just lost my like feet. Bambi. Yeah, it was like, yeah, it was like getting tackled by some phantom. I tell you. The, you it, know, was, it was like, it was like Bambi on ice out of nowhere. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I didn't understand what was happening. I, I thought my legs gave up and I was like, this is, this is where I know I'm getting old. But no, it was a sandy patch. Um, so I went down and I lay down. I, and it took age. It took use probably about ten minutes to actually reach me. But I just lay down with embarrassment. The injury was not an ACL, an MCL, or at some type of um, Demetri Goodson style injury. It was just pure shame, and that's what brought me down. And a broken heart. A broken heart. The flags almost fell off from the embarrassment. Uh, it's the first time it's ever happened in flag football. Uh, but Ryan there's no way to dress this up really I mean look we'll, we'll try pull some positives from it we'll try get it into perspective but it's always just going to keep coming back to should the coaches get sacked now should they get sacked later should they get sacked at all is it working what's not working and people are still trying to scratch their head and figure it out you know I mean what's your take on all of this Where, where what angle are you coming from with it all I don't, a lot of the media at the moment a lot of the people on social media you know the professional media whatever they're all talking about 
everyone wants to have you believe that Aaron Rodgers' attitude and his personal life is affecting the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. It's not. and Or I don't believe it is. And I don't believe it's the biggest issue. Now, one thing I do struggle with a little bit with Aaron Rodgers and, and, and Mike McCarthy is that I feel like they, they quite often, I feel like they're deflecting blame. They're either deflecting blame on the conditions. They're either deflecting blame onto other players, which I think is horrible. And from a quarterback, um, even if it is, you know, even if even if a quarterback throws the ball into a receiver's numbers, he's got no coverage on him. Uh, you know, you don't call that guy out in front of the media if he drops it. Yeah. You know, you say, oh, you know, we, we were in some situations, some stuff went for us, some stuff didn't. And you give one of them sort of textbook answers. Mm. But you don't. And I feel like sometimes we're kind of just pushing the blame onto others. Now, I struggle with that, but I don't believe that it's particularly affecting Aaron Rodgers' game. And uh, I follow a guy on Twitter, and I'm sure you do as well, called Zach Cruz, who works with Bleacher Report or at Bleacher Report. And he he's, he tweeted this today, and I just thought it, 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 it helped my point out basically perfectly. It says, Aaron Rodgers over the four-game losing streak is 111 off of 173 attempts. For 1,270 yards, 12 touchdowns, three interceptions with 102 passer rating. Now, that's pretty good going. I think we'd agree. Mm. But our defense in that time has allowed 153 points. Now, at the start of the season, I was very, very wrong. I was very excited about our defense. I felt it came out strong. I really felt we had the chance to be a top five defense in those first three or four games of the season. I got it very, very wrong. And I think, I don't know... Why? I mean, well, we do know why. The secondary is beat up. Our linebacking core is now beat up. Like, I think even last night, did Brett Good, the long snapper, end up in a play outside linebacker? I'm sure at one point I saw number 61 run onto the field outside linebacker at the end of the game. Yeah. That's how desperate we are. Right? So that is the reason why the defense has suddenly gone bad. But to be so ineffective and not not competitive at all, that has to be on the coaches. Uh, because they haven't coached up the team enough or, or to a good enough acceptable level. But it also has to be on the likes of Ted Thompson, who still to this point has refused to go out and find any veteran, cornerback, safety, anybody or linebacker that we can put into those positions. And I think we've almost had an arrogance about ourselves where we've gone, do you know what? No, we're fine. We've got a good squad. We've got a good practice squad. We're, we're all right. We'll just we'll just promote from within. They did it with a running back. We should have by now done it with linebackers and the second secondary players. And I think had we done that, we might have been in a more competitive situation on defense. Yeah, I'm at two minds, Ryan, to be honest with you, because when I look at it, I do understand, look, we're decimated with injury. That's a fact. But then you'd kind of, the argument out there is, well, look, isn't everybody decimated with injury? Um, so people are saying you can't use that as an excuse. Everybody is kind of, not at a level playing field because the the amount of injuries that we have seen is absolutely colossal. I mean, it's, look at with Nick Perry going down, uh, with Goodson going down, Don Barkley going down. In this game alone, it, it that's what I start laughing at. I wasn't laughing at the lads getting injured. That's horrific. I was laughing at in disbelief. I've only ever done that maybe twice in my whole life where a situation has been that bad that I just mm-hmm. burst out laughing you know um, I remember being in, I, don't, I don't know why I'm even going to say this but I remember being in college and I hadn't got two cents to rub together and I remember I put my last I think it was 20 quid from my uh, bank account into fuel in my car just to get me back to Dublin to where my college was I was going to do a few shifts in the bar to try to get some money uh, to try and make my rent or whatever 
and I was in the, it was just such a bad situation there was other personal crap going on with me and I remember I topped up my uh, car with the fuel and inexplicably the fuel pipe burst off my car and the fuel was just pissing down the road right and I was literally within walking distance to the gas station so I just got out of the gas station and yeah, there was loads of these it was a uh, the pikeys in Ireland they pull over at a, at the side of the road right so not only had I just pulled away from the gas station I was right across from a pikey encampment there was dogs barking at the fence trying to get out and kill me I was driving up and the fuel pipe which the AA guy told me who my dad called out uh, he called out the AA guy for me because he had no cash um, and he told he looked at it and he said I don't know how the fuel pipe can pop off because it's pre- highly pressurized and that when it's on the pressure when the car is on it pops off when the car is off but it does not pop off when the car is on because it it sort of you know balloons I know this isn't pack related whatever uh, it balloons out and keeps on the connection so here I was about 100 meters from the gas station I put my last bit of money in for fuel and watched the fuel pissing down the road um, and that was my last money and there was a dog trying to kill me on the left side of me so I couldn't even get outside my car to inspect so the worst time that was the only other time that I was sitting there and just asked, just burst my whole laughing I just I couldn't deal with it I just burst my ass laughing um, it was hilarious and it was that other time last night when everyone just kept getting injured so I think we'll take a break here and what we'll do is is that look the podcasting is an expensive business so the only thing that we can do is is go and get in some advertising the advertising went down pretty well uh, last week as you can tell it's 100% authentic and we have two more uh, wonderful companies that we want to introduce you to and just bear with us it won't take a moment Are you looking for a vehicle to help you move home? Don't delay. Call the Seahawks Bandwagon Company today. But don't take our word for it. Here's Pete, the CEO of the Seahawks Bandwagon Company. Well, how are you doing, boys? My name's Pete, and I'm the CEO of the Seahawks Bandwagon Company. And we've been in business now for quite some time, but back in the 80s, we was called a Chicago Bears Company, and in the 90s, we was called a Cowboys Company, and in the 2000s, we was called a Patriots Company. We were called a Niners Company for a little while, but now we're called a Seahawks Bandwagon Company. For all your moving needs, you know we got you covered. So if you're moving house, we can go and get your stuff. We used to have a lot less space in the bandwagon, but as of late in the season, for some reason, there's more space in the bandwagon. So if you want to bring your bed, or your wife, or your dog, or your mistress in the bandwagon with you, we can do that. We were gonna call it the Vikings Bandwagon Company, but every time we went to paint that on the side of the bandwagon, the wheels fell off. So come on, join the Seahawks Bandwagon Company today for all your moving needs. Thank you. Do you suspect something dodgy at home? Is your wife acting differently? Don't delay. Get the Jay Cutler phone interceptor today. All you do is just install this small attachment to her phone and all of her calls get returned to you and intercepted. Guaranteed. She's talking to her lover. Intercepted. If she's talking to her friends, Intercepted. If she's talking to her girlfriend. Intercepted. And don't worry, if you think she's making calls outside the home, every call she makes will get returned to the house guaranteed. And that's our Pig Sig special. So don't delay. Get the Jay Cutler phone interceptor today. But let me address something here. And you sort of raised it, you know, when you were sort of saying that Ted Thompson and the, the, the onus has to fall on him. So... 
we have draft and develop, correct? That, that's what we pride ourselves mm-hmm. on. Yeah. So let me discuss this. So I was thinking, okay, well, we've drafted and developed. It hasn't worked this year. Um, and I wonder why. Let me just pull up some players here. And you tell me if draft and develop is working for us. And tell me if draft and develop is even applicable. My understanding of draft and develop is, is that we don't make any free agency splashes. We've made a few, okay? And if I, if you look at the free agency splashes, and if people say, well, you don't do them a whole lot, they don't work. Let's name a few of them that we've done. Brett Favre, uh, Charles Woodson, uh, we brought him in. Reggie, th- that's history. Uh, Julius Peppers has worked out great. So it seems that, when we bring these players in from free agency every single one of them has worked so that's not draft and develop that's signing and free agency so we've proved that when the Packers stray away from the draft and develop they're highly successful so now I'm sort of thinking okay well then the crux of the whole issue is the fact that we draft and develop and we're really good my understanding Ryan and correct me if I'm wrong here is your understanding that draft and develop is is that we draft the lower round guys and we develop them into good players and then we build our team on that? Is that your understanding? Because that's that's my thesis so far. Yeah, essentially, um, it is to take take players to find to find I guess what they call the gems or the diamonds in the rough. Yeah. In those lower rounds, um, even the undrafted type players, you know, the road. The, I think what do they call them? Street free agents or something. You know, those types of guys. And then bring them into the club. You sit them on the practice squads. You put them in the camps for a couple of years. And as you say, you've drafted them and now you develop them. And then they should become an effective part of the squad. Now, the only thing I would I would say on the free agency thing is there's also a number of players that haven't worked out. And I get that you've obviously picked out some of the, some of the best players. Mm. But I'm just thinking now in recent years as well, the Jeff Saturday didn't particularly work out. Cedric Benson didn't work out. Um, just this season, Lorente McRae, we signed on free agency and I think traded him to possibly Buffalo before the before the year even started. So I get what you're saying, but I guess the problem is is to find a gem and to get a good player, mm. you need to take the risks and I don't think we do it enough. No, and so I worked off that thesis. I like what you're saying, the diamonds in the rough that our team is based on seven, six round picks. So let me just call out the names are... Well, first off, let me talk about this game in particular to sort of highlight what I'm talking about. So it was proven that when a quarterback, when Kirk Cousins threw at Quinton Rollins, Ladarius Gunther and Micah Hyde, he had a perfect quarterback rating. Perfect. There was no, mm-hmm. every time he threw at those cornerbacks, um, converted every time, right? So Quinton Rollins is undrafted. No, sorry, Gunther was undrafted. Uh, and Rollins was a second rounder so Rollins was the second rounder and is allowing a perfect passer rating Gunter allowed a perfect passer rating against him and he was undrafted so he doesn't really fall into that sort of success story and then Michael Hyde was a sixth rounder he also allowed a perfect passer rating um, and he was a sixth rounder so again a low rounder that you sort of say oh but we developed him into something special I showed uh, on an earlier podcast how I didn't really believe particularly in Michael Hyde uh, I didn't really see a place for him when they were cutting the roster down and that he'd done abysmally uh, the year before. So now this is the second year on the trot now that he's really shown that he's not the business. So let's leave that let's leave that sort of game aside and let's get on to the general squad and indulge me here and tell me how we have drafted and developed our best players because that's the crux of this whole thing. That's what everyone keeps saying, right? How good Ted Thompson is at draft and develop. Let me call out a few of our top players and I'll tell you what rounds they came in and you tell me which ones of these fall into the draft and develop category because it's my understanding that between round one and three especially for any type of quarterback wide receiver cornerback uh, would be not a draft and develop type you're after dra- draft and a high draft pick 
So he's not a draft and develop. We're talking low draft picks, you would say, maybe fifth, sixth, seventh rounds. Let me call them out, right? Randall Cobb, Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, Clay Matthews, Mike Daniels, Clinton Dix, Lacey Starks, TJ Lang, Bakhtiari, right? They're all our best players, you'd have to agree, right? I'm not talking out me bum here, am I? No, no, I'm with you on that one. Right, so let, let's discuss it then. Randall Cobb, is he a draft and develop guy? No, second rounder. Jordy Nelson, second rounder. Devontae Adams, second rounder. Aaron Rodgers, first rounder. Clay Matthews, first rounder. Mike Daniels, a fourth rounder. Now, maybe draft and develop for Mike Daniels because he's one of the best in his position and he was drafted in the fourth round. Okay, yeah, I, we... think, I think we could call him a success story. Okay, so what's that? So we've Cobb, Nelson, Adams, Rodgers, Clay Matthews, and the first one we've come to is Mike Daniels, who we can actually call a legitimate uh, draft and develop guy. And he's undersized as well, so he's just a freak in nature. Let me go on. Haha Clinton Dix, first round. Eddie Lacy, second round. Not draft and develop for either of those. Uh, TJ Lang is a fourth rounder and David Bakhtiari is also a fourth rounder. Now for O-linemen, I don't know if you can call uh, round four particularly being draft and develop because you're going to have wide receivers, running backs, cornerbacks, quarterbacks all going in the earlier rounds. So round four is actually where you'd find a decent O-lineman if you ask me. So I don't think they fall into draft and develop either. So I'm after going through, what's that? Maybe 10, 12 players? And the only player that you can say, oh, Ted's really good at draft and develop is actually Mike Daniels, which is one player who has a chip on his shoulder. We had him on the podcast and there's a reason for it. So can someone please tell me how we have bandied around this lark about how good the Packers are at draft and develop. Could someone point those players out to me, please? <laughs> Very much putting me on the spot, I know. but um, I know it's a rhetorical question as such, but Ryan, yeah, I mean, can of, you... I, I totally get where you're coming from. Essentially, at the moment, ask... Oh, the majority of the vast majority of our successful players, those that we deem are our household name players, mm. um, have been picked in the higher rounds, or we've acquired through a free agency pickup. Is that fair? I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. So I absolutely get what you're saying. At the moment, the depth of the squad, those players that, I, I guess the the players that are either second or third at their position on depth charts, the the younger guys that we brought in, are not performing where we need them to be. But I think, uh, and two of the two of the players you said, which haven't done well so far this year, um, Clinton Dix and Rollins, um, they have struggled. But last year, I thought they looked quite impressive. Um, now, the only thing I would say for the likes of Gunter or Goodson, um, even Kentrell Bryce and those very inexperienced players that have been brought on very, very quickly because of injury situations. Um, so I would not expect them to... I think not expect them to struggle, but I can see maybe why they have the ones that I think have had plenty of time and maybe the players in our linebacking core where they have been tested by injury as well. Mm. And those players haven't really stepped up to where they should be at. They've had enough time to sit and learn. Um, Fackrell has had quite a bit of time. We don't see a great deal of him. Jay Rowan Elliott seems to have been on the, on the roster for a few years now. I think we see him in flashes and he looks good when he's in, but there must be a reason they're not playing him more. Um, you know, it's there's something, something's not right. And there does seem to be a gulf in our first line players that we're calling our quality top stars and almost the rest of the team. There seems to be too big a gap. Yeah. And I think maybe actually we're seeing more of a result of it this year, but I think this has probably been happening slowly over the past maybe two or three seasons where the depth out of the team has been maybe sort of oozing away from the team and we haven't been replacing it 
with the quality that's needed. And I think now we're probably at that point where we're seeing the result of that. Yeah, but I, I don't mean, think it's all this season. I think it's come from the last few seasons. I'd have to agree, but I mean, I jump in and th- these roster cuts that went on this year were a bit mental. I mean, if you look at Sam Barrington being cut, it's stuff like that, you know, where you see uh, a linebacker like that leaving to Kansas and you're thinking, why? Yeah. why? You know, you must think that you have the depth there. We looked at the wide receivers and said, we've got seven. Why do we have seven? Do we need seven? You know, when we didn't have adequate mm. running back cover, we don't have a, a, adequate cornerback cover. So we've left ourselves short. And as well as that, Ryan, all this talk about the defense, right? We have Clay Matthews back. We've Julius Peppers. We've Mike Daniels. You know, uh, we've Micah Hyde in there. We've Haha Clinton Dix. We've Morgan Burnett. Mm-hmm. So where are we missing people, really? We, I think we've enough playmakers there that we've had from previous years when we were looking like a dominant defense, even earlier in the year when we looked like a dominant defense. Blake Martinez or Martinez. I mean... He's had a great game. He's he's brilliant at run stuffing. Yeah. So where are we exactly falling down that we give up a perfect passer rating against these for, quarterbacks? For me, I think the biggest thing has been in the defense because the players you talked about just then when he spoke about the secondary and, and the perfect passer rating when those those um, players were targeted, that's because half the time they're not even in the same frame on the TV as the receiver. Hmm. So that surely can't be... If it was one player getting burned... And they were targeting a player who was having just a, that, you know, that terrible night, having a bad game, or was, you know, injuries happened and one guy came in had never seen any action and he got burned all night. You could understand it, but when you look across the whole field, and not one defender seems to be anywhere near an offensive player or team, and there seems to just be holes all over the field. For me, it's more. Whilst I do believe that Ted hasn't put enough quality to this squad, maybe over the last couple of years. I do believe as much blame, if not more blame, goes on the strategy of our defence and the way in which we're telling the players to go out there and play. Because sometimes we're getting we're getting a team down to third and long, maybe mm. you know, it's third and seven, eight, nine, whatever. And it seems to be on third and long that they suddenly have the whole field to play with them, and we 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 come right off the offensive players, give them all the room they want. And, and they seem to be able to complete so easily. It's like frustratingly easily. And I don't know. I don't know. The blame has to be on Capers because it's his defense. But I don't know why. Over the last three or four games, we've we've looked the same in our sec in in, in well on the whole defense really because it's the linebackers as well as the secondary. Yeah. But we've looked very very soft and we've looked a million miles away from the players we're meant to be defending. Yeah, and I've been waxing lyrical the last few podcasts about how the fact that I've just completely lost faith in that type of zonal defense. I don't get it. Dom Capers is 66 years of age, and I think, like Dick LeBeau, he's, you know, the guy that he created that defense with, Pittsburgh Steelers, um, I think that time is gone. He was the D coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he left them in 1994. So, I mean, is his defense aged? Is he not keeping up with the times? Do we not have the personnel? Because at the same time, as well as me saying all this, I do understand the fact that we are decimated with injury. As you said, we do have inexperienced players. But it seems like, and this is, it's tragic. Looking underneath the the post that the Packers official put up, you know, like, oh, this is the final score, or listen to Mike McCarthy's uh, press conference. 100% of those comments, well, actually, 99.99% of them are bad. I've only ever seen one uh, that was not bad. And do you want to hear what that comment says and the rationale that this person had? They said, lads, like, 
you know, we're not doing well. You can point the fingers at the coaches, point the fingers at the players, but it all comes down to the fact that we're not doing well and we've got a bad record, so we need to be better. I'm thinking, well, hold on. So you're just saying it's nobody's fault and that stop focusing on trying to blame people. We're just not good. I didn't understand that logic. So that person is quite clearly um, an idiot. So everybody else is saying, uh, oh, Mike, here we go again. You're saying the same stuff. Dom needs to go. So it's about time, Ryan, that we talk about here. Dom Capers, Mike McCarthy, Ted Thompson. People have actually asked us to rank which ones go first and which should go first. Would you subscribe and be drawn into that conversation? Yes. Because I love getting in the conversation about this and I love opinion-based based stuff. We asked a few questions, didn't we, on, on Twitter today. Yeah. Um, we put a couple of polls out. And so first the question we put out was um, a very simple question. Either, and we've all heard the hashtag in Ted we trust or Ted's trust is bust. And uh, we came out, actually, it was, do you know what? A hell of a lot more people than I thought still trust in Ted at yeah. 31% as opposed to 69 that thinks he's done. Mm. 31% is nearly a third of fans following us that believe that Ted Thompson is still doing a good job. Yeah. Now, I just, I'm not saying those guys are wrong because their opinion is worth just as much as mine, just as much as yours, just as much as anybody's. But I would love to know what their, how they've justified that in their own mind, in that that 31% of people still think Ted Thompson's doing a good job. He's the one that essentially is solely responsible for the team that is out there on the field in terms of building that team. Now, once he goes over the white line, yes, it's the responsibility of the coaches, but he puts the players in the locker room, let's say, and then the coaches put the players on the field, Right. So, okay, so anyway, there was that. So then the next poll um, that we asked was uh, those, because we every, everybody's firing in tweets and, and Facebook posts and all the rest, and, and we understand it because I think we're starting to feel the same way. Do we want to see coaching changes next year? Mm. Now, a few different options here. 14% said that uh, Mike McCarthy and Don Capers stay on the team. 14%. That's quite a high amount. 45% say get rid of both of them. 6% say Mike McCarthy gone only. And does that mean he goes, Capers stays? And then 35% saying Capers gone only. So it seems it's pretty pretty strong that making big changes. Yeah. And I don't think in this case, and, and, and I'll, I'll obviously you'll share your opinion in a second, but I think I feel like we've almost got to a point with this team, and I don't, and maybe I'm jumping in too quick here, and but I do believe this has been a build-up of the last few seasons. And to look back on the years that Aaron Rodgers has been there and the players that we've had on our team and still only have one Super Bowl appearance, obviously one Super Bowl win, I don't think it's generally been good enough. So I think it's been built up for the last few years. I think you can't just change one piece. I almost feel like it needs complete regime change at this point. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about it. Like a, a complete regime change for me is very, very risky. I don't know if it bodes well for anybody um, that they, they have an all out clear out. But one, and you said it on the last podcast, it's since we've been doing this, has it not been every year that Dom Capers has been called into question to say this is absolutely not working now? Because mm-hmm. I do believe that. Look at the NFC Championship game against Seattle. That's defense. You know, sometimes it's like Aaron Rodgers is doing what he can. Now, there's an awful lot of stuff that came out during the week about Jermichael Finley talking trash about Aaron Rodgers, uh, saying that he's a selfish guy, he's self-centered, he's only um, involved with his stats. 
that's not new that's been floating around for forever now whether there's no smoke without fire all that type of gear whether it's people accusing Jermichael Thinley of always wanting to remain relevant or whatever personally there's, I don't really care Ryan you know what I mean yeah and I think I mean there must be some truth in it because and it depends how much credit you put in these guys but Donald Driver Greg Jennings and Jordy Nelson have all made similar comments about this guy so there must be some truth to it my argument against it is though only to what up until this year that it's actually been an issue for the team so the team have been perfectly fine with it over all the years he's been here but now we're going to blame everything on it this one season yeah that's where i think it falls apart well let me let me put it into perspective from my point of view um I'm willing to believe that Aaron Rodgers is aloof, uh, that he's cold, uh, that he's not very personable and all this. I'm willing to believe all of that. You tell me that about him and you have 17 people line up and say that about him. That's fine. But let me give you this. I've worked in plenty of jobs and I've had managers who want to be your friend. I've had managers who want to stick it to you. I've had managers who were cold and aloof and mysterious and cranky and all of this. And the best production that ever was got out of me by a manager is a manager who is aloof and cranky and cold-hearted and cantankerous and past remarkative and all of this i don't like particularly dealing with those people i'm not going to go out and have points with those people after however someone who pushes you to be better and nods his head and shouts at you and screams at you and worries about his stats and all this type of stuff that's fine aaron Rodgers is worried about his stats of course he is but so is everybody because everybody is trying to get paid and everybody's trying to do the best job that they can do similarly any manager that i've had they've worried about their stats and their reputation and their work ethic and all of this type of stuff because of course they do because if they make a mistake it all comes down to them and we're seeing exactly the backlash that Aaron Rodgers is getting now after not playing well people are diving into his family personal life about how his parents can't get tickets to the game allegedly how Olivia Munn is doing this that and the other whatever you know and look if he's aloof and he's cold uh, did he not uh, do the best for Jermichael Finley did he not go up to him and you know be friendly enough and have a working relationship this is a business and this is a job and if he's been professional in the sense that yeah he's a bit cold and not that great to get along with not everyone can slap ass like Brett Favre and we might want them to it might be a whole lot more fun but it's all about production and Aaron Rodgers had has had unbelievable uh, production his name was mentioned with future Hall of Famer and that's tacked on that's not like oh he might get into the Hall of Fame he's going to the Hall of Fame and long may it continue so there's all of this stuff coming out about Aaron Rodgers and how uh, this that and the other and that's kind of distracting but if you look at him on the field round for me I don't think he's the issue uh, Mike McCarthy could be more inventive with his plays the wide receivers can't get open all this type of lark but I think the first thing that I would look at is definitely the defence and Dom Capers I think we need a shake up I think we need like a Seattle style dynasty defense where someone can come in make us gritty and make us nasty which is exactly what the players have wanted for many years how many times has Mike Daniels come out in the media and said, we need to smack him in the mouth? We need to smack him in the mouth. He was on the podcast saying the exact same thing a few years ago. We just got to play tough and play hard and not take any prisoners. And Sam Barrington had that nasty streak in him and he was let go. Um, so that's what we need. We need big, up, you know, opposing defense that play tough, that play on the line. Jeff Fisher for the Rams, and I'll end it here. As part of his practice, what he used to do was, is he used to tell the defense in secret, and then it became a known fact is that after they blow the whistle at practice take an extra jab at the offensive lineman or the offensive players or the wide receivers hit them on the side of the head after the whistle goes and really skirt that line of dirty play and it used to really annoy people and it used to you know it used to really annoy them and it used to end up in practice fights and stuff that's not the kind of atmosphere that you want uh, in within your own team or whatever but it's that kind of extra edge 
that you want when you're on the field. I'm not talking I want the Packers to be a dirty team. I'm just saying I want them to play on that edge of when Clay Matthews wrapped himself around Colin Kaepernick outside the lines to show that determination and, and take it personally. Because even the Bears, they don't take that personally anymore, do they? You know what I mean? So that's what I want to see out of this Packers defense and I don't think they're going to get that with Dom Capers there. Sure. I think it needs an identity, doesn't it? That's the biggest thing. Yeah. Like you talk about, people talk about the Ravens D still. You know, Ray Lewis doesn't even play on that D anymore, nor does Ed Reed. But they still talk about that Ravens D. It has an identity about it. You know, the this Seattle secondary, the Legion of Boom thing has an identity. I feel that's what we lack mm-hmm. on our Packers D is we just lack a bit of identity. Yeah, and it, it can be as simple as that, that you need to create that culture. Now, I know the coaches are working hard to do it. And we respect Don Capers for what he's done. And we know that all the players are professional and they're doing their best. But there, there has to be, it's stagnating and it's bad and it's evident now because it's stagnating on offense and on defense. I think that if defense played tough, offense could maybe have a bit more to play with. And we could be more inventive with our plays. But how can you be inventive with a play and stray from Mike McCarthy's favorite isolation routes if you know that you just have to get a score? You always go back to doing what you're comfortable with doing don't you i mean when you're in times of trouble and if we're in a hole already and you know we have to compete with teams that are putting up 40 points you can't be like oh let's do a seattle on it and run aaron Rodgers out and and have ty montgomery flick him a pass in the end zone like how how are you going to do that type of stuff to risk your quarterback when he's basically the only thing propping up your team at the moment yeah i absolutely agree i agree and uh, i don't know i think the problem is the the answer is to it are not going to become apparent until the end of the year and certainly we're not going to see the changes we need until next season and I don't know I don't want to be too pessimistic now but going into the Eagles game next week and and looking at the other fixtures coming up then you know it starts to get hard to see where another W is coming from maybe Houston but that said I mean Ryan didn't we say before the Skins game that this is a Packers team who still is despite everything is capable of ripping out a win and you went kind of gung-ho and said that they'd win every one of them um, but again yeah, yeah I've changed that now I think we're going to lose to the skins and then win the next six <laughs> is that alright can I edit that and just you know put that into the last podcast and just throw <laughs> it in there sneakily yeah look the thing is we've no pass rush we've no secondary we've no run game to speak of we've got a banged up bowl line if someone was to hand you all of those things at the start of the season and say how do you think you're going to do you're going to go well we're going to be down with the Browns and the Niners and we're going to have a really nice uh, first round draft pick and that's exactly what's happening we just can't see the perspective with it because we still have so many players that are eligible out there one silver lining and I think it's worth an honourable mention and also with a few caveats in there is Jared Cook 105 yards 6 catches on a, a team high 10 targets he had uh, two of his bad moments, of course, was when he had the ball punched out. But I think that was a great individual play by Josh Norman. And, of course, there was that. He would have been in for a touchdown. Aaron Rodgers threw the ball perfectly. It actually smacked off his hand. I mean, how much more perfect than you want? Now, I know people are going to say you want it in the numbers, but give me a break. Um, it hit, in, hit against his hand. He just he turned around to look for the ball, then tried to run his route a bit more. And then turned, by the time he turned around again, it smacked off his hand. But Jared Cook is looking good. And it's given Aaron Rodgers another weapon to try to keep up with the defense. Uh, Ryan so did you like what you saw from Jared last night Jared Cook I thought was very impressive and it was the player that we went out and got last night for the first time this year um, I think even Aaron Rodgers actually managed to to, to throw some praise on him yeah. Um, but yeah I thought he looked good um, the big target uh, had sure hands yes there was that one where he didn't get his head round quite quick enough but um, you know for, first game back he's been out for a few so and then what he did in the rest of the game, he sure has made up for it. 
yeah, it was incredible. Now I was very impressed by what he was doing, and I hope that continues uh, to give us somewhat of a chance on offense to try pull stuff back because other teams can have off days too. Um, so is there any sort of parting thoughts then, Ryan, that you have with this game that you want to leave on? Um, not really. I think I might sort of put it over to our followers. Really, again, they've been active on Facebook and Twitter, and, and there's just a couple I want to pick out. Um, there's one here I like. Uh, Aiden Flood says, "Why is the do? Why is our D routinely porous?" Um, I think obviously we probably already answered that that much in in the pod so far. But he said that he he mentions even Cleveland are managing to keep it vaguely respectable. So I don't know if at that point that's where he's actually uh, comparing us to Cleveland. So I looked up the numbers just out of pure pure interest, mm. um, just to put his mind at rest because I'm worrying about him worrying that we're as bad as the Browns. They rank 31st overall in defense. We're 18th. Yeah. In the run defense, they're 31st. We're 6. I don't know how we're still 6. Mm. But we're 6. And scoring rank defense, they're 31st. We're 27th. The only category they are better than us in is pass defense, which could probably have been guessed, to be fair. They're 20th. We're 24th. So I get where you're coming from. I would say don't give up on it just yet. We're not the Browns just yet. <laughs> But I'd love to know um, who all those other teams are that are worse than us on pass defense. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, there must be some real poor teams out there. Um, I like this one, Tom Coles. It seems, seems like we're going to mention him every week. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I don't know. What can we say that isn't related to partying about Tom Coles? Uh, uh, he has a nice hat collection. He does have some really good hats. <laughs> yeah, great hats. Um, yeah, we'll leave that one there. He says he likes this idea. How about signing Olivia Munn to play at cornerback and then we can see if it's really her fault that the team's crap <laughs> oh yeah yeah it's gas what do you reckon we do it yeah well uh, I was an advocate of signing Giselle Bunchen when she started talking trash on the Patriots there about the lads not being able to catch it I was like you get in there and you catch them so yeah maybe so um, she'll put up a good fight brilliant uh, Adam Nichols says that he thinks a full clear out needed head coach defensive coordinator GM the lot uh, so there we go. That's the feelings of some of the fans out there that everybody's got to go. Um, who else we got here? Uh, oh, Matt Tisdale. He says, we need to talk about why so many players are playing so poorly. If only we had those answers, me and Steve might be on the coaching stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, there are a lot of players just not performing at the moment. Yeah, I mean, Michael um, Hyde even came out, didn't he, and said, uh, I just don't understand it. I don't understand what's happened. Um <laughs> Uh, I'd love to give you an answer to it, but I don't have any. I, I'm I'm speechless. So if that's coming from the player himself, who himself gave up a perfect uh, passer rating, uh, well then yeah, we certainly don't have what he doesn't. Yeah, but I do think though. Again, flip side, like we said earlier, we highlighted. You know, Aaron Rodgers has been good. Um, the numbers are there. We, you know, that that's not an opinion. The numbers are there. Of fact, there there are players that have played well. Some of some of the guys on the offensive line have played very well. Um, you know, there are players out there who played well. It's just unfortunately at this point, it's. I think. I think even Rogers actually put puts it best in in his post game speech from this week. He says that we're just simply not putting it together for sixty minutes. Yeah. And I do think it's. I think there's plenty of parts through the game where players or the team looks good, um, but then unfortunately that would you know we have an absolute meltdown for sections of the game that kills us. Yeah, I mean, to, to sort of end on it as well with some stats is, is that if you look at the stats, the, the score was 42-24, but we had a bigger time of possession. So we held the ball for 30 minutes and 23 seconds. They had it for 29 minutes. 
Um, first downs, we'd 19, they 21. They'd only two more first downs than us. And mm-hmm. But it kind of shows that one of their plays, I think, was 26 seconds because they threw a, a 75-yard touchdown uh, to Pierre Garçon, I think. So it's when you're competing with stuff like that, uh, some of these stats can be misleading. You know, I mean, the total yards, 424 for us, 515 for them. So again, yeah, we were we were out to them by, you know, 80, 90 yards or whatever. Um, but we certainly, certainly shouldn't have been behind almost 20 points on the board. It just doesn't make sense. No. So we don't have any yeah. answers. We, we're all in this together, though. I think we... <laughs> You know what? What else can we do here? This is unprecedented for fans. Uh, you know, as of recently, anyway. Yeah, I think it's just incredibly difficult because all we've we've known now for quite a lot of years is a successful team mm. in the most part. Yeah. You know, um, and it's quite hard to to work this one out. And you know, we we could you could make the jibes now. Oh, now we know what it's like to be a Browns fan, or now we know what it's like to be a Bears fan. But actually, at this point, it's just. I'd rather focus on us and it's, it's kind of embarrassing. I don't really want to jibe at anybody else and, and take that chance. If you know what I mean, it's, we've got to get something turned around. We've got to start showing that we can play and that we do have players on the field that are worthy of their contracts into the next few years. Um, and really now it's going to be down to players and the coaches to put a team out there next week that can really, really compete with the Eagles who I think last time I looked, they're third in their division possibly before this yeah, weekend's play. But it's a pretty dy- um, dynamite position. They're all fairly up there. Yeah. It's, and their divisions uh, are much stronger than the division than ours is this year. You know, I think the two teams above them are the Cowboys, who I think are 9-1, and one, and the Giants, who, who beat Chicago the other night. So their third is a hell of a lot better than our third right now. Um, but yeah. I'm sure we'll talk about that one in the preview podcast. Exactly. And, and I mean, again, this is another sort of preview podcast thing. And I, I, I this really irritates me when people say it, but let's say it anyway. We are only two games back. And also the Lions and the Vikes play each other on Thanksgiving, which means that one of them is going to knock the other off, not unless it ends in a tie, which I suppose wouldn't be too bad either. Uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, if we do eke out a win, that means that we're, we're keeping it to two games behind one of those teams and we're only one game back from the other one. But to be honest with you, the only road to the playoffs for us will be to top that division. I don't think any team in the NFC North is particularly going to get a wild card spot. I think Absolutely. we're all too poor. Yeah, and uh, the other one to, to remember, and it works much in the same way, our last three games of the season are all our division opponents. Yeah. I can't quite remember the, the order right now. I haven't got it in front of me, but it is Bears, Lions and Vikings in the last three games. So, you know, that's going to be huge at that time of the year because it's obviously going to mean for whoever wins, the other team's not going to be winning. As, yeah. You know, it's almost like they say in the Premier League in in, in soccer, isn't it? That essentially, it's a relegation six pointer. Yeah. Well, this one's pretty much the promotion six pointer. Um, it's got that sort of swing to it. I don't know. Not many answers. Probably we've probably created more questions than answers tonight. But I think we we've tried to talk it out best we can. Yeah, um, and I'll tell you what, we're going to dissect the Eagles game and try to pull apart where we could potentially get the win. I do think this has been a humbling experience for everyone at the Packers and what you know doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So look, if the coaches are still there by the time you meet the Eagles, which we fully expect them to be, um, I do think that they'll probably try to make it a little bit simpler, especially if you can see all of these um, you know, young defences and young uh, rookie quarterbacks coming out and making an absolute stab at it you can strip down a defence and offence to make stuff very very simple and very palatable for people and I think that's what we just need to do not so much on the offence perhaps because we see glimmers of hope there um, but certainly when it comes down to defence that we were going to be able to simplify stuff and hopefully be able to scheme a bit better we've plenty of time now because it's a Monday night game to look um, at that but we're going to end it there. We'll be back with all the preview action as usual for your Friday podcast. 
Uh, I just want to give a big, um, a bit of a shout out really to our res that's on Facebook. We've literally got three slots left um, and I want to get them filled up so we can get it drawn. It's for, just to remind everyone, uh, myself and Steve managed to get hold of a signed Gravedigger Gilbert Brown mini helmet. Um, and what we do is we've do, we set up a res where everyone can buy essentially a four pound ticket. We've got three slots left. Once we get that filled, then we can do the draw and find out who's going to be our winner. Um, we rezzed one earlier in the year and that went out. I can't remember who won it now. A guy called Matt, Matt something, Matthew something. Um, he's got his one. So I've got it right here in front of me. It's an absolutely beautiful piece. Um, and I want to get that draw done. So let's, let's tag everyone we can in that or, or buy your tickets. Obviously, it really helps us. The you know the, the the few pounds that we make off of doing that draw helps pay for the website, helps pay for the phone calls, uh, the Skype credit when Steve talks to all his superstar friends when he's dumping <laughs> me off of the podcast. Um, you know that's that's what we we're, we're helping us out do. And obviously, you can have this fantastic piece here for just four pounds. Yeah, and one of those superstar friends is actually the Grave Digger himself. So head on to iTunes and search UK Packers and you'll see some really famous guests on there, including Gilbert Brown himself. So that's all we have for you today. It was uh, hopefully a little bit less painful that we have the support group going for you twice a week. So after games that we have, we usually come out with a podcast of a Tuesday and also of a Friday to set you up for the weekend. But for myself, at NFL on Twitter, at UK Packers, follow the group. And of course, me old buddy, me old pal, at Ryan Peacock NFL. It's goodbye for now. Sayonara.